I am the master, and you will obey me. Listen to Dan Hadley on Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, or face the consequences. Type 40, your Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook for the Fandom Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hartley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks, designated driver, lifelong fan, and yeah, your resident mouth runner aboard this old girl. And Type 40 is the free speaking, big thinking show for everyone. And that goes whatever decade or century you started watching, reading, or listening along to those ongoing adventures of our hero, the Time Lord. Doctor Who. We talk about it all on this show. We review and we preview what we will, and there could even be a few laughs along the way. So come and step into our TARDIS and share this journey together here with us on Type 40. Yes, here we are again. And of course, the uh, the 60th anniversary is so close, everybody, that we can smell it, can't we? But before we get there, we've got one last hurdle, one last parade of mediocrity, courtesy of the former showrunner Chris Chibnall, to jump. More on that later on. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Not before I bring on the panel for this chilled out round of shameless, casual, a little bit lukewarm speculation. Firstly, I'm delighted to welcome back one more time <laughs> for yet another peer into the perilous mind of Chris Chibnall. She was my, my flux buddy all the way through Series 13, but she's back again. We've reviewed most of those shows together. It's uh, Charlotte Shields back on Type 40. <laughs> Hello. I know I'm still coming back after all those episodes. <laughs> A bit more recharge. We've got Legend of the Sea Devils out of the way. Things can only get better. Can't they? Can't they? I, I think yes. I think we, we, we've sort of said before. There's a very base level, and it'd be nice just to even raise a bit above that. Hopefully, 
We've got 90 more minutes worth of whatever to come before we get to whatever Russell's got coming. You must be, it must be a mixture of feelings for you, Charlotte, because, you know, we've been here in the trenches, haven't we, throughout this entire three-season stretch. It feels like we've done hard time and space here as Doctor Who fans. But even though we, we know so little of what's to come afterwards, that's kind of exciting too, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and, like, Jodie's era was the era that got beyond YouTube talking and meeting a lot of really good friends on type 40 and across sort of social media that side which has been lovely and i've enjoyed it and i'm always going to treasure that the flip side of that is i've had to watch chris chibnall and jodie whittaker so it it's been two halves very much for me <laughs> well let's round out the voices on this show it's his first time on the podcast in a couple of months we had to get him on for this because this is going to be quite a big deal for him this is the screenwriter director and all-round creative force presently he's got a film on netflix believe it or not let's bring him in ian david diaz back on type 40 yes i'm back yeah. And to talk about bang up to date Doctor Who as well. It's been quite a long time, hasn't it? Not the Jodie Doctor, no. But um, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm good here, stuff, good here. stuff. Mm. And that's not it. We've got one more voice to add. Now, she, if you're a listener to our Type 40 Live live stream shows that we put out on the home feed page and over on the Spacebook YouTube channel, you'd have seen her and heard her on those shows only too well in various states of decorum. But she's here on the podcast for the very first time. I'm delighted to welcome the geeky and the rambly, Miss Shaw from Geek Rambles. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'll be on my best behaviour tonight. Kind of. Mm, convinced, last convinced? No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> over the last few months over on Type 40 Live, we've got to know you pretty well. But I think people assume, don't they, that because of your hairstyle, that you're a big Jodie Whittaker fan? <laughs> it's as... more when people like uh, like Ian um, decides to send me photos of Jodie Whittaker and saying I've just found a photo of you. So, um, <laughs> well, I generally thought it was you. <laughs> I think she stole my hairstyle rather than the other way around. So you've got Jodie's hairstyle. I've got Shooty's hairstyle, have I? You have. I? So right. yeah. So there you go. So there's a cosplay idea for you already. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I know. I say this all the time. David Tennant stole my haircut. But since this is your first, your first time here on the podcast, show, bring us up to speed a little because obviously it's just a few days ago as of recording it was the fourth anniversary of the debut of Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor on screen so tell us a little bit about what the last four years has been like for you where you were a Doctor Who fan before Jodie and what have you made generally of, of the three and a bit seasons that we've had with her in the title role and Chris Chibnall running the show yeah so I was um, a fan from the reboot because of my granddad so I've been watching it from Eccleston through to Jodie and I have sat through Jodie's um, every single episode uh, <laughs> do you know what I'm, I'm very very mixed I'm a lot more forgiving than you guys I know that much already <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of happy to see that this is gonna change now I'm, I'm ready I'm ready for I'm ready for this bit to be over and um, and then to move on to pastures new. I think that's probably the best way that I can put it. It's tested a lot of patiences this era of even the most dedicated and the most yeah. generous of souls, I feel. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, throughout this, because there's been so many breaks as well, I've gone into Classic Who, which has changed my perception of Doctor Who entirely with how much, oh, it, really? how different it is, but how 
I think someone else said it a long time ago, <laughs> that it is the same character and you have to keep that same character or else it will never work. Luckily it has up into this point and I've never had my Jodie like doctor moment. I think that's what I'm missing so much from this era is that I've not had that and I've had it with every single doctor. That's that's my only problem, I think. It's just not... You, you know when you have that, like when Matt Smith walks through David Tennant's picture in, uh, in yeah. oh, the 11th the hour 11th and he goes on the doctor, you're like, yes, you absolutely are. There's a moment where the actor and the suit that they're wearing becomes a second skin. And sometimes it can be a a physical moment in the, in the, like the one that you just described, or sometimes it can be a a line of dialogue, can't it, Charlotte? And Jodie has never had that, has she, in all this time? No, I, I think if I'm being kind, there's been moments where I've seen a glimmer of a possible, oh yes, maybe you're just about to get there. But she's ne- I'm the same as Shah. I've not had a Jodie Doctor moment. And I think she's really suffered from having a muddled writing style that her, do- her, ca- her doctor flips so easily. And I honestly think the actress has just struggled. I think it's been a massive miscast. And I think Jodie's just not the actress for this role at all. So you've got lots of factors sort of making her doctor not, not sort of stick. I think with me, Sean, quite a lot of people in the fandom, if they're being honest. I think that's true. I think that sums it up really, really well. There were glimmers of it for me in Series 11 where I thought maybe I, I don't think it started started very well but there, there were glimmers because i did kind of believe in her in her but i think the series has sort of been overshadowed by other things by chris chibnall's own lack of of real uh, grasp of the character ability as a writer it's really exposed how how wanting he is in that respect his reluctance to really run a world-class show hasn't helped and and i think that's uh, the uh, the noise and the nonsense surrounding the show, the political nonsense from the show itself and the fan base and even the BBC, the people making it, has drowned out the the noise that should be coming from within the culture of the show itself that, that makes you want to see it. So it's been a very strange time to be a follower of this show. They've got 90 minutes to sort of to pull it back around and to leave the screen with, with some, not just dignity, but give us a sense that it was all going somewhere and that it's been worthwhile in some respect. So this is coming off the back of two full seasons that we got back in 2018 and 2020, and then that half season that we had in 2021, and then a couple of specials that we've been served lately. There was the uh, slightly, I don't know, the mediocre runaround that was Eve of the Daleks. It didn't. It wasn't without its merits, but generally quite a disappointment. And then the absolutely abysmal Legend of the Sea Devils that came at Easter, which has to be the very bottom of the barrel for me. I don't think I've ever seen the series looking so tawdry, so tired, and and so looking like it needed to be left at the bottom of the ocean. But we do have this one last special to come, and we have details of it at last and a full trailer to look at too. So that's what we're going to be doing on this show. The four of us, we're going to get together. We're going to have a look through the trailer, some of the imagery, some of the things that were said, some of the faces, mostly old faces. I was going to say old and new, but I think they are mostly old faces. And we're going to speculate about what's to come in that last special, as well as another few little surprises, what's being said out there in the fan base, in the community, and by Doctor Who luminaries as we head towards the power 
of the Doctor. I still think this is a terrible title. I really do. I think it's derivative. I think it's lazy, and it just seems like, uh, just like Carl Wagner said on the last on the last show there, Charlotte. It seems like Chris Chibnall was there spinning the wheel with a load of random words on one and words like Doctor, Dalek, Cyberman on the other. <laughs> Really yeah, he's, he's he's like the worst scramble player in the world. He just has like <laughs> a couple of words he likes, and he just twists them around well, a bit. It is absolutely baffling how he manages manages it. But we're we're going to see if we can get some hints about where it's all going to end up before we finally wave that man goodbye. But in the meantime, if you'd like to do some real time travelling of your own, each and every edition of this show, past, present, and future, is just a tap or two-way on the device of your choice if you know where to look. There's well over 100 now great conversations, reviews, previews, interviews, geek outs, and deep dives with all our regulars and some pretty awesome guests. There's something for every fan at type40.podbean.com. There'll be more about all of that a little later on, as well as a couple of minutes where we will make contact... with the matrix of all knowledge that we call the Fandom Podcast Network. So, yeah, Kev, you'll be along with another tantalizing transmission from over there later. That's the sensible part. <laughs> Is that sensible? Maybe. <sighs> Let's be honest. Yeah, all breaks. Uh, well, exactly. All the breaks and all the bets are off as we look at <laughs> another Chibnall extravaganza, the forthcoming feature-length special, The Power of the Doctor. Ian can't wait to get stuck here. <laughs> This is the big month if you're the British Broadcasting Corporation. It's 100 years old and there's a whole season of special events and programming across both TV and radio about to begin. Now, traditionally, Doctor Who has been one of their biggest brands until quite recently (laughs) being a major event TV series. It even finally broke the American market thanks to that deal with Netflix well over 10 years ago now. Whatever... I think, or we think, of the BBC itself in 2022. I think there are few fans that wouldn't admit to still having some sort of sense of gratitude, I think, and the last vestiges of affection for the brand of the BBC, simply because of the fact that they brought us Doctor Who, they brought us this wonderful series in the first place. Now, we're on the brink of a major anniversary year for Doctor Who itself. We're all poised and waiting to see exactly how that's going to go. But the thing is, the thing that I'm finding is that it's all so much under wraps. There's a slight feeling that this celebration that we're, we're about to hit now is just a, just a warm-up, really. It's almost like or an opening act or a B-movie, the cartoon you'd get before the main feature of, of something much much bigger. I mean, I suppose you could say that if there's something that's worth celebrating, the fact that the BBC Centenary Special of Doctor Who will at last bring the critically and commercially disastrous 13th Doctor's era to a close. The BBC held off promoting the power of the Doctor for as long as they could. In fact, I think, yeah, just up until two weeks, slightly more than two weeks before broadcast. So we're now here and we can share our thoughts on what they have served us and pick apart this minute-long trailer with all its various treasures. 
and and close in on that date where we will finally wave bye-bye to the world's worst showrunner, Mr. Chris Chibnall. Ian, I'm really surprised, though, most, most of all, I think, to see you back here because you haven't watched Doctor Who for some time now. I saw the first season, which I thought was abysmal, and um, I saw uh, the one with Captain Jack when he came back, and I only saw 10 minutes of that, and I switched it off, as you know, because we almost did a show about that. And that was the last time I saw the Jodie Doctor on the BBC. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just... you're going, but you're going to watch this final one. What's what's changed your mind? What's got your attention? One of my friends, kind of work at the BBC, kind of, kind of seen it. <laughs> <laughs> she says it's okay, but it's the last one. So I watched the last one, and then we can probably say goodbye to her, and that'll be that, basically. So yeah. It's just one of the reasons why I'm watching it. Also, I need something to talk about anyway. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So I'll, I'll watch the last episode. But as, as I said, I, I, I'm not really hoping for anything. I saw the trailer and I thought, mm. I think everybody's thinking that, aren't they? When I see the trailer. Mm. I think the best line in the trailer is, we're going to erase you. That's the line that they, the master uses, isn't he? And I'm like, yes, racer. Most exciting. <laughs> Most exciting. Yeah. I mean, the place that I'm, I'm at with this, mm. I've gone, Charlotte, from being somebody who couldn't wait. You know, those gaps in between seasons all the way through, even up to the Capaldi era, were agonising for me. You know, months and sometimes a year without an episode of Doctor Who, you know, between Christmas specials or something. I've gone from being that guy to somebody who I got to the point where I was dreading a new season starting or a new special appearing. And it goes the same with this. I mean, I've, I've been so focused on what's to come next year. We know we don't know very much about that either, but it's still considerably more exciting than this. So I'm really trying to zhuzh myself up for it. And in some ways, I do feel that, uh, that the, well, outgoing, they're gone, that the, the former production team are trying to bring people like me back to the, to the party. Where do you sit with it at the moment? You, you're just sort of hanging on for hanging on for dear life. I'm I'm just watching it just because it's Doctor Who at this point. If I'm being perfectly honest, there's no attachment to this era. There's no love. I think there's a bit of me that wants to watch, especially the last one for closure. I think I need to almost see Jodie go to sort of have sort of to have that sort of moment to go right. It's done now. It's pure. It's Doctor Who. And I'm just watching it also so I can have a proper opinion, a proper informed opinion about it and not just parrot what I hear other people say. So there's no affection. Like I said, there's no love at all. And that is sad that it is getting to this point that a doctor's going and I should be feeling something. Is it as if you've sort of, you've eaten almost an entire Toblerone, you've got two chunks left and you think, oh, well, you see to the, at, the, yeah. at the bottom of the box and you think, um, I might as well eat it now I'm here. Yeah, it's, 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 like a, it's, it's like on Christmas, like a couple of days after Christmas Day when you've got the last bits of chocolate in, in, in your selection box. And you're like, uh, I should probably shouldn't, but I'll finish that off. It's one thing I think as Doctor Who fans, we've traditionally been the ones who've rounded up our friends and family and got them excited for this show. We haven't necessarily needed to do it for ourselves before, but here, because the production teams have, have been the one, ones that have excited us, 
But in this era, <laughs> the production team, they're quite happy. They don't seem to give a monkeys whether we're excited about it or not. There's been no promotion. And this hasn't just been something with this special. This has been virtually the entire time. It's been We've been left to our own devices to stir in it and to get ourselves excited almost on cue. It's a, it's a weird thing. It seems so old-fashioned, doesn't it? Almost, but I mean, I was well, I was thinking about back to other trailers while while you were chatting, and I remember so distinctly the 50th anniversary trailer and thinking how phenomenal that was. And yeah. even still, I'll go back and watch that because I just love it so much, and it really gets me hyped. <laughs> um, and so yeah, you're but you're quite right. I mean ish i'm actually quite happy about it because it means that fans can talk to each other we can all share what we think it's a wonderful thing <laughs> but of course then comes the sort of how bothered are the production team because they're getting free marketing but only to people that are already invested and that's the issue i have is that you're only catering to those people that already know what's going on that want a trailer yesterday and that you know want to have um want to just see something to have something but the average folk like my mum and dad for example wouldn't have a clue they didn't even know i went to my sorry i'm gonna here we go <laughs> she's going i went to my parents about three four days ago and i said oh did you know that Catherine Tate and david tennant are like are you going to be watching now i'm really excited and they went david tennant and Catherine tate are returning and it just shows that the average person out there that might like it here and there have no idea actually what's going on so yeah, the internet's great and you find out a lot, but only because you're on those social channels. If you're not, you're left out. And that's a problem because obviously we want people to be, we, we love this show. We want people to enjoy it and come back. And that's not going to happen if we don't get that sort of level of excitement. And right now, right now, Shah, we're in a, a position we've never really been in before, mm. where effectively this show has to the outside world somehow got three leads shooting at with David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker. To them, if they're keeping an eye on sort of the tabloids where there's an article every now and again. And so I, there's a confusion out there on the odd occasion where people do talk to you about Doctor Who. People are not sure who's coming after what and when or what's going on, when the series is even on anymore. Do the BBC still have it? Because I've heard it might be going to Disney+. Plus. You get all kinds of things. And so with when Chris Chibnall, hasn't, he hasn't said a peep about Doctor Who now for months since that famous speech about, I'm done with Doctor Who, my kids need my help to pass their A-levels. You know, they, those results would have come about July, Chris. I don't know what he's been doing since, but yeah, oh, we we've all been there. Don't worry, I'm sure they got through absolutely fine. We had this <laughs> quote here. We had this quote here from the from the former and future showrunner of Doctor Who, Russell T. Davies, who's been doing sterling work to try and pick up the slack. And he said a few months ago, talking about this upcoming special, he says <laughs> it's like a 10-year-old's fantasy version of Doctor Who, but with muscle and punch and light and colour. Now, Russell, is, he speaks very well he's, he uses words well and he's a big old geek and he knows us this culture but if that's the best that a wordsmith like russell t davis can do i'm thinking this must be one hell of a stinker is that an insult or is that a compliment i don't I, I, know I, I i think it's russell like dan said he's trying to be very polite and he's trying to be do a favor to his mate chris but you can only say so much. Yeah, so you can only say so much if it's the beginning not bit, of though. good quality. 
Yeah, the beginning bit definitely sounds like an insult, but the 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 the, the, the other section, the light and the thing, sounds like a compliment. So it's just it's just weird. It's a weird thing to say. It could I be find. the sort of childlike wonder you sometimes get with Doctor Who, though. You can you can interpret that in different ways. If if someone said, I mean, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, you what? But it could be like a ten-year-old's fantasy diet version where you remember when you're young and you see it, and it's also magical. That's how it could be. But the thing is, though, the the first impression you got when the first impression I got when I read that wasn't that. No, me too. It's just an insult. That's what I'm saying. So Mm. if it it it, it sounds, it pretty much sounds like a bit of an insult. But but tracking back and saying, oh, maybe you should watch it when he's talking about the color and the light. But then yeah, but then he spoke since then, hasn't he, and said mm. how wonderful it is. Which of course he has to because you're not Mm. gonna, you know. Is that time to think about it now? I think he was he was put on the spot then. You know, I better say something. I can't say that it's awful. It's rubbish. I need money. My audience back when I come back. Um, He said it was wonderful, but then again, we don't know how much influence the guy had in this one. So who knows? Mm. Yeah, or we have. We have every reason to believe. I mean, I, I won't say this is this hasn't come from from sources that I would that I would um, absolutely stand by because we have had some people come come to Type Forty with information. This has come from somewhere else, which I'm not sure about, but I have it on a pretty good authority that Russell T Davies has been involved in this last special, even if it is just you know quite late in the day, even if even if it is just going over it and tightening up the edit, Charlotte, and making sure that it's compelling on some level that we're not falling asleep watching it which well, has been a problem for me with multiple Chibnall episodes oh yeah but he Russell was the first person who told us the runtime. he was the first person who talked about oh, yeah. seeing the final edit yes so yes. to me that is a major clue that he's he might have a bit more involved than normal if he's right. if he's the one who could tell us oh it's 90 minutes and it's like I've seen the final edit it's and I'm like as soon as he said that, my ears pricked up. I was like, yeah, "We're still guessing, though, aren't we?" Yeah. We're still oh guessing. yeah, we're guessing. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting so that weird, he's got that—that like, he—that he saw it, though. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the, we actually got that information from him. I mean, I have my own personal ideas of why Chicknell's not been involved, and I think that I might be right on them as well, <laughs> which is kind of Fair not guess. always the case, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's done all this legwork and like you've oh, I've dropped everything, sorry. Um, that he's done all of this and has picked up, like you say, down the slack that Chibnall's left, just says everything to me. I don't yeah. think you can be that involved without being involved, if you know what I mean. It's been agonising for the people out there. You know, there are three or four people that have, that have been really excited about the Jodie Whittaker run, and they're all very active on Twitter. So it's been agonising for them over the last few months. But a yeah, broadcast uh, date was confirmed a few short days ago as of time of recording, and, and uh, long after most of us in the fandom had worked it out for ourselves. The 13th Doctor's era does close out with The Power of the Doctor, written by Chris Chibnall, and that airs on Sunday the 23rd, of October 2022. We've got the date, but we still haven't got the time. So <laughs> it is literally piece by piece by piece. We're getting it's probably about eight or something, isn't it? Eight o'clock or something like that, or seven. Oh, is it earlier? Yeah. Is it like two? has been early. Oh, really? So, so, so one o'clock in the morning then? <laughs> it's not actually going to be shown. <laughs> Given that this is 90 minutes, I think it's anybody's guess where this could come i mean i i would think that if they were sensible they'd put it on at seven have it finish at half past eight uh, 
Yeah. If they were sensible, but this is the BBC. Uh, time for a type 40 broadcast right <laughs> <laughs> that would be ideal yeah in fact they it on a little earlier that'd be absolutely wonderful yes <laughs> we've got we've got a little blurb as well we've got a synopsis and it says uh, having faced many perilous journeys battling some of them from the most feared monsters throughout space and time it's the final installment for the 13th doctor this epic blockbuster special <laughs> we'll see the doctor fight evil across the galaxy one last time but just who will she come up against in her final battle before the doctor regenerates once more that's i mean i think you'd have to be six years old to be remotely stimulated by that it says so much says absolutely nothing and i think the same goes for the promotional artwork that we've had so far for this it's much of a muchness really sort of by numbers work it's beautifully finished off but it's not particularly bold in any way it's nothing that we haven't seen before it's doing the minimum uh, which is i think is not not the best of science now the the trailer dropped as well shortly afterwards i gotta admit i i was out i was doing other things so i couldn't watch it anyway who did you rush to the internet charlotte to see this because that's what we used to do back in the day that's what i used to do if if a trailer dropped i'd be there like sort of waiting with my finger on the play button did anybody were you doing that uh, no, I just saw it pop up on one of my mates on Messenger saying, trailer's dropped if you want to swatch yeah, it. Yeah, same here. Like, in that sort of method, it was just like, oh, But do you remember when, when uh, Chris uh, Chris Eccleston became the Doctor and that trailer was everywhere? I remember seeing it and feeling so excited about Doctor, Doctor Who coming back. Oh, I, the one I, with I, the I big can... fireball. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, but it was I, everywhere. I can remember Matt's first one when exactly, Amy and Wirt was on the yeah. hill. And yeah. it exploded, and you saw yeah. all the enemies, yeah. and it, that was wonderful. So, yeah. yeah, no, I used to do that, but yeah. it was just like, oh, it's dropped. I'll, I'll watch it just so I. It's probably going to be a minute, not much out of my time. I'll just watch it. I only watched it. Um, was it yesterday? Um, so you know, and how long has it been out? It's been out what for a week? Three or four days at this point. Yeah, oh, I right. It, so I only yeah, it dropped it on. It dropped on the Saturday afternoon, didn't it, Shaw? I, I honestly couldn't. I can't remember. All I know is that... And we're fans? On the edge of our seats. We're on the brink. I think that, yeah, we should remind ourselves. I've seen this now. Yeah. I've watched it three times. Once the day after it, it, it dropped and twice today. But clearly, I think, I think we need to have our memories jogged about what was in it and whatever else. So, yeah, let's, let's have a think back across the trailer itself and see if we see if we can remember the odd bit and piece. I mean, yeah, I talked earlier on about about the title. I know it, I know you might you may say what's in a name. It's a standard Doctor Who thing, but but really, I I think if Chris Chibnall, if his run hadn't have been already full of so much mediocrity and repetition, Charlotte, I'd probably have received this a lot lot better. It speaks of a man with just simply with one hand on the wheel. Yeah, and it's also, we've had of the, now a lot in the modern run. Like, he's not he's the only copying. one guilty of this. But he's it's just because copying we've had... what's gone in the past. That's yeah, he's, cop- he's copying Moffat with the mm. day of the Doctor, night of and the Doctor. And paintings have been stolen, that's like from the 50th. Oh, yeah. This is such a Chibnall thing, though, isn't it? He's, he's done all this sort of stuff. Even lines when Jack returned, I know I appreciate you didn't see it, Ian, but um, mm. The first thing he says to Jodie Whittaker is, I don't know, she says to him, oh, have you had work done? He goes, you can talk. And it's like, you've, we literally know that that's 
It's and mm. it's not it's not even like he wrote it. If if RTD did that, yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's quite funny. You're throwing back to your own thing, but you didn't even write that. <laughs> so that's yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? It's just, it's yeah. a terrible thing. But anyway, mm. I'll stop talking now. It is, it, is the str- well, it is the strangest thing to be seeing the trailer for something that is new and feeling like you've seen it all before. I mean, there's, I'll say this for the Chibnall era, Shark. I think that some of the special effects have been absolutely beautiful. And this has been the same throughout the entire run. And yeah. some of them have been absolutely awful. And I don't know whether it's because they've been pushing an envelope or whether they've run out of money. Again, I try to be generous as regards those things. I I like things to be colourful and quite brash. That's what I liked about the Russell T Davies era, that it was comic booky. But some some of the special effects in this trailer do look a touch unfinished, I think. No, I I disagree. Sorry, I disagree. I think the effects look... That's probably the best thing about this trailer. The effects look really good. They they look good. There's nothing wrong with the effects. I wasn't massive on that bullet train thing um <laughs> I, I, I know it's all coming sorry that's <laughs> all right I, I agree with you dan the cinematography in this whole era i think has been beautiful really really well shot um, yeah the, and the, I, I, that is one thing that i won't i won't like if someone challenged me on it i couldn't say the, that they the, were wrong i or right, mean the, the well, volcano the in the, the beginning the looks wanna, quite good the yeah. thing that i want to draw draw your attention to really as well is mm. is the momentum of this obviously trailers are supposed to they're supposed to make us want to watch something aren't they they're supposed to heighten our expectations and to see and to place people that they that we should like we should have investment in particularly after four years on screen to place them in peril and and then to sort of to turn the table over really and then mm. to raise the stakes to such an extent that we we wonder how the hell they're going to get out of it i mean we see uh, mandy gill returning as as yas the, the longest running doctor who companion now ever i believe so she's back alongside jodie whittaker as the doctor we see them running across the planet's surface which i think the sight of jodie whittaker running is is far less convincing than any of the special effects that are on screen such as this giant orange mushroom planet which to me, uh, this isn't great. This looks like something out of a out of a console game. The way it's been finished, but I can't. I, I like the idea. I don't think we've seen enough elaborate alien worlds on Doctor Who and under under any it of the showrunners. It doesn't look that bad. It look it looks okay. It's it's TV CGI and it's and it's you know it's the same kind of TV CGI Marvel does. Well, Marvel does it slightly better, but it, the, <laughs> the, the effects. The I mean, the effects look okay in this. It it that. As I said, it, it's, it's what I expect for today's level of, of of sci-fi from from a British company. That, that I mean, it, does, it there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think so. I think a, I think you're being slightly colour. harsh, Dan. Slightly harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a bit, <laughs> and a bit of mood. I, I'm quite. In the past, I've been a big fan of Sasha Dewan. Yeah. As an actor, generally, but Jesus, I, I wanted him to be cast as the Doctor a few years ago. He would have made he's, great. He's doctor. back. He he's back playing the master in this. This is mm. his third, third, fourth appearance, I suppose. If you cast, if you um, count the Spyfall thing as two parts, dressed as I think they're playing off Rasputin here, Charlotte. That's what they're going for. These mm. visual right, cues, right. aren't they? But I think the if the if the tone of the character and the things he's saying in this trailer are anything to go by, the master has has degenerated yet again in this to an even more of a one note character. What are you picking up about Sasha's performance? Oh, I was... Sasha's master is one of the biggest frustrations of this era, and there's a lot of them with me, but Sasha's one of them. Because in Spyfall Part 1, I loved his performance. It was downcast... 
it was downcast. You could tell there was something not quite right right there, but like I said, it was downcast. It was emotional. It was different. But then as soon as he turned into the master and we got that reveal, he became a bad John Sim master to me. We got the same silly voices. We got the over-the-topness. We got the cartooniness. And in The Timeless Child, that had been dialed up already once. And then in this trailer, if he was cartoony before, he was even more cartoony for me. And that's just going to, I think that's going to grate my, really get on my nerves because I agree. I, I've seen Sasha in other stuff. He can do a really good master, I think. If he wasn't being told, I feel, you've got to be crazy. You've got right. to be wacky. Again, Chibnall is, hasn't got an original bone in his body. He's copying what went before. Everything about Chibnall's era is about him copying Moff, the Moff, and, and um, RT. And that's exactly what he did. He didn't have any kind of uh, imagination to, to, to bring a new variation of the master to life. He just literally just copied Sims, Sims character, which I really yeah. hate, by the way. But there you but go. It's, I don't but like it's, him either. it's even mm. more frustrating because I've recently been watching Peter Capaldi stuff again. Mm. And I, so I've been watching Missy again after years of not watching her. Mm. And it was so refreshing to see Missy because she was different. She was still obviously that unhinged, but it was more man calculating unhinged. It was more predator. Like you would, you legitimately would like, God, I wouldn't want to get in an argument with her. And it's like with Sasha, it's just, I'm not scared of him. And I should be scared of the master. I'm, I just almost laugh at him now. He spends all his time puffing out his chest and, and, yeah. and sort of rolling his eyes. Uh, you don't get the impression there's anything going on under the surface. And it's a great shame with an actor as capable as, as Sasha Dewan. I think that The Timeless Children was a was a real low point for the character throughout its 50-year history to, to be reduced to just narrating a story that somebody can't be asked to script write properly it was pretty shocking. It, obviously, he's back. So is Ashad, the last si the lone Cyberman character oh from series from series 12. Again, this is another character they built up really rather well that I felt that was visually very striking and played well by Patrick Kane. He's back in the role this time. And they again, it was one of several characters that Chris Chibnall builds up over a period of episodes, clicks his fingers, and the character is no threat at all. He's gone, he's off, he's, he's out of it. I was surprised to see this character brought back, Shah. I was, because I actually really like Ashad. I really like him. Um, I, th I think it was one time that I thought this is very different because you've actually got a Cyberman here that is part that's still got a human mind-ish but is not fully done yet. That bit isn't original because we've had we have had that before, especially in the audios. Um, but it's the sinisterness, if you like. Is that even the word? <laughs> um, no, he was sinister because you got the impression exactly what Charlotte was saying that that Sasha wasn't doing or wasn't enabled to do with the master. Patrick Kane was was able to hold back a little. You got the impression he was holding something back. There was a lot more going on, and that 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 guy, where if he if he was put in a place where he could have have his way with the universe, things could get really really ugly, and it just never really never really happened, did it? Yeah, I mean. Sasha Devon's master, I'm not going to comment on it that much because you've all said a lot about it and I I, I don't necessarily agree with everything um, yeah. because it is, but it's more like 
his incarnation has got two things wrong with it. One is that the I think that him and Jodie Whittaker have chemistry off screen, but not on screen. If he was with Matt Smith, I think he would be so so different yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. almost. The, I've noticed that the Doctor and the Master, especially with ones like um, oh, Pertwee, sorry, and Delgado, they mm. ha- they're similar but so different. If that makes any sense. And then I've noticed that with yep. um, with Ten and Sim, and I've noticed that with um, Capaldi and Gomez. I've not seen it with these guys, um, and I think that's one of the issues. The other issue is that it's almost like this whole timeless child thing has made him more into a bit of a spoiled brat that's thrown his dummy out. If that, do, do you know what I mean? He's like throwing his toys out the pram. Yeah, one thing hasn't gone his way, so he's just trashed everything. That's not yep. how the master works. And very much like the Doctor, of course, it is the same character. So I don't... I, that's that's again, my it, little wiggle with him. Is that you don't, again, it highlights. It's nothing to do, to just completely think, oh, well, yeah. we're all born out of you, so I'm just going to go and kill everyone. That, that's just not how he works. But well, I think that those are my two main issues with him. But him as a master i really really like because he has that like glint and i do think oh you're a bit weird but that's kind of the extent of it and he would have made an awesome master if he was written a little better and paired with a different doctor because well, again like it highlights i like seeing whisker in, him he and whisker off screen but i don't like them in, in the show together i don't think they have that chemistry that you desperately need to have with the doctor and the master well, yeah. as I, I'm about to say, again, it highlights um, Tribnal doesn't know Doctor Who. He doesn't. I mean, he claims he's a he's a he's a fan and, and been a fan since he was in his teens and stuff like that. But again, it, it shows he's either got a lack of imagination, which it, which I think that's what it is. But um, Shaw is right. If you look at the Master uh, uh, with with um, Pertweed. They both complement one another. If you look at the master with, because if you look at the master with David Tennant, David Tennant was so over the top, wasn't he? He was always gurning, he was always running around shouting. And Sims, was a Sims physical master, doctor, yeah. yeah, Sims yeah. master was was over the top as well. And then if you look at Gomez and um, and Capaldi, they kind of matched each other, didn't they? You know, with because like Capaldi, even those. though he had some really bad scripts, he comes really comes across as quite an intelligent doctor. You know, kind of a bit old, kind of intelligent doctor, yeah. and Gomez, um, kind of they kind of both match each other. But this there's a one, grandeur to the way that yeah. she played the character. But this yeah, one, there's yeah, nothing. Right. There's absolutely nothing there to. I mean, as far as I I saw, because I I saw that I think the the was it the ending of season one with the half Cyberman face and stuff like. What, what was that? What was that season? That was the last season. Was the first season? You know, the Cyberman with the half face. The Cyberman with the half face, the one that we've just seen. Oh, oh the lone Cyberman. Yeah, the lone Cyberman. Sorry, I haven't been watching it, so I don't know what it's really called. So, but yeah, oh. so that, that yeah, so. So, that you, so you would have seen right at the end of season twelve, series twelve. That's what you've seen. It's all a blur to me. <laughs> I think it's a reasonable. His character is excellent. I love him. It's reasonable that you say, you know, you wonder what kind of what kind of writer, what kind of fan. Chris Chibnall is, you know, is is he a real fan? And I think he he's obviously been a fan of the show for a long time. He's been very visible to the fan base for a long time too. He's been notorious, in fact, due to appearances on on television shows when he was a teenager, writing yeah. into into official magazines and fan magazines. And his his way of progressing through the industry to become a professional writer. He's never drifted that far away from Doctor Who. 
and you would never I mean, up until this is the guy who when he took when he took the reins of the show in in 2018 famously stripped away virtually everything that was uh, associated with any previous era i think he thought he could sort of go go it alone with his own creations and his own ideas his own plans for the show but very quickly run aground reached for those characters and those touchstones again and, and just had no take on them just like he's got no real take on the doctor so now we see him reaching to the classic show again to to bring us some characters that he's hoping that that we'll turn up for and in the case of just a couple of people who work on type 40 i know that that's definitely been the case so he's bringing back in particular ace played by sophie aldred there's such a a wealth of affection for both sophie and the character of ace a very important crucial character in the history of the show right at the close of the classic era sophie's continued to be happy to be associated with that role consistently right from when she was cast until the present day uh, ever present at conventions countless audio productions where she's played ace again she's written about ace and she's famously one of the most approachable and generous people in the whole of doctor who fandom so chris chibnall's brought her back for this russell t davies nearly brought her back for the sarah jane adventures i think couldn't happen after after liz passed away but he's wow. chris chibnall's brought her back i think i think he knows that there's a great deal of people who will turn up just to see her but he's also brought back janet fielding as tegan javanka so these two from the 80s are my two favorite companions from when i was a little kid you know janet fielding played tegan from 1980 till 84 she was the australian air hostess what's the expression a mouth on legs john nathan turner called her <laughs> tegan and janet largely the same and then you get sophie aldred as ace that iconic jacket the bomber jacket with all the patches on it and the, the baseball bat she only used it the once but once was enough she's kind of the closest they ever got to repeating the success of, of leela having with that sort of iconic with that iconic look and the chemistry that she got with sylvester so bringing these two characters back making certainly it seems to me charlotte that sophie is a major part of this episode she gets quite a lot of screen time in this one minute trailer doesn't she yeah, and it makes sense because she's been set up, I think, one of the best classic eras for what she did after the show because we've had hints of her having this... Is it... She runs, like, a charity group, is it, or something? Like, like a charitable we, earth, yeah. A yeah. foundation or something. And, like, so I think fans of... And she stands out, to me anyway, of the classic companions that we do know quite a bit what she did after the show finished. So there's a lot of story beats for him that's already existing just to sort of go, right, I can start from this it's point and write it. a bit more. Yeah, so it makes sense. Tegan, Can't build his I, own characters, reach for ones that are already being built by other people, either within the classic show or parallel on extended media. I hadn't thought of it yeah. like that. You're right. But I, I, but Tegan is still a mystery to me. Like, why Tegan? <laughs> that one is still <laughs> because, well, scratching my why. head. We why do you why. think? Why do you think Tegan then, Ian? I think I know why. But you tell me why. I you think, think I know why. <laughs> because she, because she's a woman, and and uh, you, you think they'd bring back um, the, you know, Jamie from, from most the first of the Doctor Who companions are women. There's, you know, he's got too many yeah, but, to choose from. So why yeah, Tegan? But, but, I don't know because he, because he, because he can. She doesn't look too bad now, I guess, uh, age wise. But as I said, right, it's it's 
Do- Doctor Who's suffering because of, again, I'd hate to say this, because of this stupid um, agenda that the BBC is playing. That's why, uh, ultimately, the, the, the foundation of why Doctor Who doesn't work is because of this agenda that they push through all BBC shows. And Doctor Who is a huge casualty of that. And that's the reason why have... this season failed. Yeah. And Ian, it's only right that we acknowledge mm. here on the show as well that mm. uh, this isn't just the case of an editorial ideology and mm. and an agenda that some have it is actually mandated for the bbc as yes, a public broadcaster yeah. the bbc equality and diversity charter which came mm. in in 2016 frustrated the hell out of stephen moffat it didn't cause him to leave the job he you know he intended on leaving a, co- a couple of years uh, earlier than he actually did but he has gone on record as saying that making series 10 and trying to keep everything in line editorially with what the charter were asking even then five years ago mm was a very hard task so heaven knows what it would be like what it would be yeah. like now yeah 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 i mean, there I mean people we, out there we, yeah. that won't accept that this agenda that this situation exists but it does exist in the bbc's yeah, well, case it's, it's, it is literally in, in black yeah. and white anybody can read exactly. it exactly really on, on the, the website website. yeah on the website you can read it on the website it's there it it, it, it exists but before it was enforced so much as it is now that it was it, it was doing everything right before it was fully pushed pushed in this direction now if you look at some of the some of the older uh, kids shows that they used to have on on bbc kids tv there was there was a huge diversity stuff now, you'd never have a kids show without a a, a a little kid of color or a black kid you know there'd always be a black kid or an asian kid on in, in the show even during the 80s right but now they've pushed it so far that it's actually destroying tv shows like war of the worlds they messed around with you know to add all that stuff in doctor who as i said is is one of the biggest casualties of them all and other shows that bbc one has put out based on novels or based on they've literally changed the history of those things they've adapted so you know this is why doctor who's failed in my opinion but um in my opinion and i'll be controversial about this the doctor should never have become a woman in my opinion well we've had, we have had that conversation several times yeah. you know i agree that yeah. the doctor is a masculine role uh, mm. but going back to this trailer again it's exactly as as you would expect a trailer to be there's lots of fast cuts or lots of fast cuts lots mm. lots of sights and sounds again some of these visuals are, are really cool if it was any other show i'd be really really excited about it i do think they've got a lot of color in it but then again so did flux and that was an utter, <laughs> utter mess yeah, the, the ideas were were that abstract and they seemed to change from episode to episode didn't they charlotte if you remember when we were talking about it on the show we could barely keep track of okay so this week time is a person <laughs> next week it's a planet and it was it was mad wasn't it and and time can become jodie whittaker and tell us very obviously <laughs> the master's going to kill you yeah. See, that's the, I actually think. See, I can't get excited trailer. about these visuals. You see, Charlotte, without thinking back oh, to no, that no. and thinking it's just—it's going to mean nothing. There's a planet surface here where an amorphous sort of jelly-like creature is lashing out with lasers and things like that. There's, there's two Tardises on the surface of this rocky planet, and it all looks beautifully done. I would imagine one is Jodie Whittaker's Tardis, and the other will, be- will belong to another another Doctor, maybe a, a, a Doctor who wears that sort of blue. Tweedish suit, and this, she's always my neighbor. Frowning. You know the one, the one that lives. Yes, <laughs> my next door neighbor. Yeah, that about to about to kick off. I think that's <laughs> I think that's pretty much a certainty that even though she's not in this trailer, Charlotte, the fugitive doctor's almost a certainty to turn up in this, isn't she? 
Oh, because she has been shortchanged as a do as an incarnation of the Doctor. She has been massively misserved, and she does need to have some sort of closure. Oh, she doesn't. I, but I was going to say, I think this trailer for me was worse than the Flux trailer, because at least the Flux trailer had a sort tiny of. bit of like story or a beat to it. Like you could sort of understand, okay, there's this big force in the universe called Flux, yeah, and that's what's going to be the point. Flux. The, whereas, <laughs> I don't know, the name was terrible. But in yeah. this one, to me, yes, it looked brilliant, but it to me it just came across as here's a load of scenes we've mashed together, and we haven't got any proper through line. Yeah. Or uh, any you know what's excited, bad? Be excited! Right. Be excited! Yeah, you know what's bad oh, about the trailer? Yeah. They don't have a hook. They don't basically yes. have something that you go, oh my God, do you know what I mean? So, sorry, who said that? You? No, but that is, that is you? pretty much what you've, you? ju what you've <laughs> yeah. just, what you've just right. pointed to, isn't it, I yeah, suppose? Yeah. I mean, There's no hook. I think we're supposed to just be be attracted by flashy visuals, which, again, this is a family show, isn't it, Shaw? So we, we want it to appeal, and, and Russell T. Davis has spoken again the last couple of weeks about six-year-olds, six, seven-year-olds, grab them with things that look and feel exciting and that's that is true but ian and charlotte they're right aren't they there needs to be a hook this is a family yeah. show that that should get okay maybe not everybody watching around the, around the television the way they used to but certainly on their devices and talking about it over breakfast or on the school run that'd be that'd be cool when it be, doesn't look like this has got it i mean it hasn't. It hasn't. If and that um, was the thing. oh, wouldn't that you... just be so amazing? If... I remember being a kid and talking about it at school, and, and they're always such a gig. I was like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but different time um, for me. Not oh, talking well, about we'll it at school. That, yeah. <laughs> we'll that. John Pertweed. When I was talking, yeah, I was no, at school. Exactly. It was John Pertweed. I've got something in my face. It won't leave me alone. Um. Anyway, so no, I actually disagree with you. Which is off shock, I know, um, because I didn't think that the flux. We're, we're losing Shar, everybody. We're losing. <laughs> on, I'm losing you. Oh yeah, she's gone. She's gone. <laughs> no, I do because I thought that the Go flux on. didn't give me anything, and I ended didn't. up actually really liking some of those episodes when when I wasn't confused. I did anyway. Um, I don't want to know what's going to happen. I don't want to know anything about point. this episode. I'm actually quite happy yeah. without a trailer even. Because I want to be surprised. If there's one thing that I think Chibnall has done well, I've mentioned this many, many times if you know me at all, is that he does keep surprises. They don't always land, but he does keep surprises. And that you know, does work. I'm, I don't want to know anything point... about this episode until I see it. Sorry. No, I, I, you know what? You have got a great point there. And given that this is finishing off an entire era rather than just a season, I can, yeah, I can extend enough generosity to get behind that point and, and think, okay, fair enough. And I think that Stephen Moffat would definitely agree with that. We've got a quote from him this week. He's been on Twitter now. Stephen Moffat, he mostly uses Instagram. He thinks Twitter is quite a, a nasty place full of people thrashing out arguments that they don't need to have largely with other people's yeah. children. And he's probably right. But he has got a Twitter account. It's completely unverified. There's no check mark, And so whenever he uses it, it's quite amusing because most people... Most people take him to task and assume that it's not him, but it is him. And this week on Twitter, directly after the trailer, he shared it, just in, in a totally innocuous post. There was no picture attached. He, he shared the link and, uh, and put out with, with, this, with this tweet I've got here. Hold on one minute. Where's this? With this tweet, we have right 
here and he said this he said how awesome does this look i'm off to develop incredibly wrong theories about every frame <laughs> <laughs> so, but and I do, and that is funny, isn't it? Because I suppose that's how we should be. We should, oh, what was that? Oh, w w was that a shot? The Lone Cyberman? And oh, I wonder how he comes back. And maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I mean, we don't really give a shit, but we—that's how we should be. Stephen's not wrong to be thinking along these lines. Now, immediately he was hit with a lot of people who didn't believe that it was Stephen Moffat, and a lot of other people who said to him, you know, kind of as I would have been tempted to, how, how can you stand up for this drivel? But then again, he's got to be seen to—he's got to be seen to endorse this because it's it kind says of a lot, though, doesn't it? It says a lot about um, the Moff and um, RT, how they send out cryptic um, uh, tweets and, and messages. They're doing more to promote Chibnall's material yet again, Ian, than Chibnall. Mm. Than Chibnall does. Stephen Moffat made a short video from his own garden with a weeping angel statue to promote Village of the Angels, yeah, which is part of series 13. So he's done this before as well. Both Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat yet again picking up the slack where Chibnall simply can't deliver. Uh, people, yeah, people had a pop at Stephen Moffat, but he replied to that I've always supported this drivel. I've written loads of this drivel. Go drivel. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? You know, in the old days, trifle and harmless. In the old days, right? They never used to be so cryptic. They'd say what's on their mind. Say, you know, you should watch it because it's brilliant. Blah blah blah. But no, no, you can tell that you can you can read between the lines. They don't think this error works at all. I'm pretty sure if I if I got the moth drunk in a pub, he'd probably tell me all. He'd probably say this error is the worst error ever. Probably. I think he would, but he's a genuine fan. He's a yeah, real, he is, yeah. real fan, isn't he? So, yeah. you know, I think he's like like a lot of people where they're thinking, I'm just going to, let's just keep watching it because it is our show. You and see that? More to the point, more to the point, he's professional and yeah. and he's he's loyal. And yeah, he is, yeah. I, I, I can respect word, yeah. I can respect that. I really mm. can. Yeah, the, uh, on the looking back to the trailer, we have got mm. yeah yet more the joke is in it. So we've got we've got the front <laughs> we've got the front of the TARDIS there, as you as you say, Ian. You know, we yeah. can see there that um, the graphics have been changed the oh, on, on the sign seconds. on the police box door to just ha 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 ha. But That's us again, laughing. again, Charlotte, <laughs> we've seen this before too, haven't we? This feels like what we were talking about earlier on. Chris Jimnall reaching for something that he knows that we that we've seen before, we've liked it before. This can pick up some of the slack, do some of the heavy lifting. It, it was a cool idea back in 2008. We're 14 years on. Yeah, it's just... And just to add, I think the reason why I don't like this, because it hasn't got so much of the story beat, and this is to add to it, is mm. because I think Chibnall hasn't earned my trust to believe he's going to do a good story. So because he doesn't have that trust... If I see a trailer with sort of these random scenes and things like we're saying here, like, oh, look, you do remember this. Do you remember, remember this, that? Remember this, remember. But I'm not having a story to go with it because Chibnall's not proven he can write to me yet properly. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt in the trailer. Mm. And that's mm. what my position is, I think, a little bit. And yeah, and but even in Sasha's outfit, like in... um. Series twelve, people were joking. He looked like the Joker then, so yeah. it's like, of yeah, course, yeah. like yeah. this is just more sort of 
Oh, it, it reminds you of something else. Isms. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Tardis. Yeah. That was the bet I remember being so young and that scene happening and just being like, oh my god, what is going on? It was the best, oh, one of the was. best cliffhangers ever. I'll never ever forget watching that. But you know, ever. this scene here where she's got a baseball bat, she's taken on the Dalek. Didn't um, didn't Russell T establish that the Daleks has a force field? Because when they were trying to shoot at it, remember in yeah, Dalek when they're trying to shoot. So that, so obviously they didn't have a force field when um, the guy with the spoons was the Doctor. But this error is obviously after Russell T. So would she would she be able to well, hit it? Well, I think it depends on the Daleks. I mean, the various different kinds of Daleks have got different kinds of tech. And right. yeah, obviously it depends on the baseball bat too, the baseball bat that she had in remembrance mm. of the Daleks. We're talking about yeah. for the people who are listening. Remember, it's a podcast. For the people who are listening, we're talking about Ace hitting the Daleks with the baseball bat. Mm. Uh, in the original story, it was a souped-up baseball bat that was coated in oh, something. Oh, I see. So it was, it, was, right. it was extra. So a, a normal baseball bat would never have been able to have, have damaged a Dalek. Should have been a cricket bat. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Uh, we, yeah. we get shots of uh, you, so you mentioned this earlier on as well. Was it you, Ian, who mentioned the yeah. fact that we've got paintings again? We had a yeah. lot of paintings in the in the day of the Doctor, the big fiftieth anniversary mm-hmm. thing. So it's it's all more imagery that we've seen before. And, and yeah. this, you know, Sophie Aldridge look, looking very pensive and very interested, and I'm I'm sure she will be. But mm. again, I just feel we have seen it all before. John Bishop. Oh, that, John sorry. Bishop can here. I ask a question? Ask a question. Do you guys think? Um, it would be really brave of Chibnall to do that he would kill someone off in this one. Well, that was yeah. going to be my next point. Well, sorry, John mate. Bishop, I dropped the gun. <laughs> John Bishop has been on this series for around a year and a half. Oh, really? In my view, he's put in a decent enough job for a character that is largely him not really there it's very much what he makes of it he's present in this trailer goofing around just as before being john bishop under another name this is why i always forget the character's name but he's there on screen and he does look as if he's been placed in mortal danger there's a lot of chat over social media at the moment and yeah that that Mm. one or both of the of the companions of either of either dan as played by john bishop or yaz played by Mandy Gill, that that one of them could die in this what are your thoughts about that i well the thing is it would be it would be really brave if they killed off yaz i mean i'm I'm sure a lot of doctor who fans will be cheering but um but it would be really quite brave if they killed off yaz um because if yaz survives this um and she's obviously in love with the doctor well this is what i've been told that because i've never seen the rest of the seasons but where is she going to go from there if once the doctor reverts back to a to a to a man you know how, how is she going to deal with that do, 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 do you know what i mean so well in um, the last episode mm. uh, there was a conversation on the beach where the doctor knocked her back mm. in no uncertain terms right gotcha and, we, and i'd say probably the most interesting character beat of this entire trailer which isn't saying much is the mm. moment we see where Yaz is holding a gun, pointing a gun at somebody in the TARDIS console room, which mm. I assume is going to be, I'd say that's a certain, going to be the master, wouldn't you, Charlotte? Yeah, I can't see it being anybody else, unless maybe a Shad has got into the TARDIS. I don't know. Because mm. a lot of creatures... Dalek. Be able to, 
a lot of creatures in Jody's era seem to be able to get into there very quickly. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? Because obviously we know that the the, the TARDIS is protected, isn't it? So yeah, it's really weird how they can get in really one? easy. Are you talking about the Kablam Man? Because I've I've only noticed one, unless I'm. No, no, that no. The Kablam Man, the Kablam Man is not a threat. When you have a threat towards the TARDIS, the TARDIS yeah. actually defends itself. No, no, no so, I understand that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm talking about the only thing I've seen enter the TARDIS. The 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 the, the, the horn. What what do you call those uh, rhinos? Oh, the rhinos? Rhinos yeah, appeared, didn't they? they? And they took Jack, away. No, yeah, they were in jail. Uh, I think yeah. the angel got in. One of the angels. Yes, the angel got, got in. Yeah, yeah, the angel got in. Yeah, but I couldn't remember who else did. So thank you because I completely forgot about the Jadoo. And All also, right, like yeah. the TARDIS got a load of goop in it. So even the TARDIS, the inside started to come apart. So it's a very flimsy TARDIS. Well, when she was when she was flying, it was very flimsy. Yeah, the worst design a... ever inside the TARDIS. I think I we're supposed to wonder, Ian, whether mm. Yaz is pointing at the Doctor. You know, like a. I a, hope so. A, a woman, a woman spawned there. You know, she's rejected her, her affections, and she's going to pull a, a gun on the doctor. But I don't know if you're being serious, but I hope that's not the case. Um, <laughs> well, well, she could be though. pulling a gun on David Tennant. You know, if David Tennant's <laughs> in this really episode, really you never know. I hope it's the doctor, so. and I mean that because I want them to bring back this whole thing that the doctor doesn't like weapons and wants yeah. weapons, fashions yeah. the companions into weapons. I want to keep that going. I love that, and I want to see. I want to see a companion turn on the Doctor. We've not had that properly before. I want to see something new. Well, and Clara did, didn't she? To get that, I'm yeah, totally down for it. If it means that I can see that, oh, I'd love it. I would love it so much. It would. It off. Oh, mm. I'd love it. I don't if think she's turning master, there, though. If it's is she? That is do you reckon she's regenerating uh, in no. that picture? I, no, I don't I think once again he's copying. From yeah. Moffat when Capaldi mm. at one of the yeah. like the Monk trilogy was it that he mm -hmm. did a fake regeneration. Yeah. I think Jodie's going to do a fake I, regeneration. I, I think you're oh, I absolutely right. No, I you disagree. Her, yeah, I think her fob watch <laughs> is being opened. Uh, <laughs> well, oh no, that's yeah. that is possible, I don't think isn't it's it? A I honestly don't think it is. It's not even the same light. It's not even... But, but is it, is it, the question that you've got to ask yourself is, right, there's, we've had some really great regenerations, and I always go back to the Tom Baker when we fell off the, the scaffolding thing, whatever, the <laughs> thing, and he, and he falls, and he's like, he's dying. He's like, oh, you know, whatever. And the same thing with, um, who, who else? Um, uh, same thing with when, um, uh, I guess, Peter Davison drank the poison. It's always something really dramatic before he changes to the next, you know, the next version well... of himself. So I'm wondering what's going to happen with this. Is it going to be an That's easy time for her? Or is she going to be dying that she has to change for her? Or is she going to I get think hurt? It's possible. She get it's going I to think be it's possible that that is the fob watch opening. Yeah. But I've also seen some pictures. So mm. there's some official pictures from the BBC where it looks as if the doctor is trapped in some si inside some sort of glass booth and can't get out, Ooh. which looks like it's part of a much larger contraption, maybe part of the whatever the Daleks' plan is, because the Daleks have... The Daleks are in the trailer very, very briefly. It looks like they're going to... Uh, some Dalek incursion on Earth, it blah, 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 blah. Just no, next to nothing, really. Because that works so a hundred other times you did it. Yeah. I do think this is overburdened with Daleks, Cybermen and, and the Master. I think it could could well just give way under the weight of all that. But it, it looks to me like, like the Doctor, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, is sealed inside some sort of booth, which, again, 
would be a, a, a steal from David from the David Tennant thing. We, he will knock four times. All that stuff. He was shut in a shut in a yeah, booth. Was, yeah, uh, was. I think that Chibnall will will lean on that. Uh, but I, it could be regeneration energy. It depends who's after what. I suppose he, somebody else could have could have found yeah. the, the the fabled fob watch. Could have got because we, we know that the master gets inside the TARDIS. What is he there for? What's he looking for? Well, the, the doctor the doctor has dropped that fob watch down some sort of unnamed tube within the TARDIS. It looks like she's in no rush to retrieve it. Maybe the master tries to retrieve it. What what do you think of that one, Charlotte? Uh, well. Oh, sorry. I was about to say, well, you know, the doctor is saying in the trailer that he wants to erase her from time. So maybe he's created some contraption. The master or wants to erase the doctor from time. From yeah. time, yeah. yeah. It says in the trailer. So maybe he's created some contraption in the TARDIS or something like that. That will. If trap he has, I really, really hope he... so because that is a massive thing to do. And he couldn't do that, Shaw, without he couldn't do that, Shaw, without the fob watch, or could he? Because the, some of the doctor. Would remain inside the fob watch. He'd have to, if he really wants to remove the doctor completely, mm. he has to remove all of her, of them. Generations. And so yeah. he would need the portion of her, the masses oh, yeah. of incarnations that would that would live in that fob watch. So he's going to need to get hold of that. I'm convinced that's that's where that's going. Probably. Sorry, it I could be like you... Superman 2, where she goes into it and everybody's <laughs> affected outside, and she's not. Could copy that 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 storyline. Sorry. Sorry, Shark, go ahead. I thought, I thought it was going to be another Matrix thing, you know, when she's in the Matrix in the last episode of Series 12. Um, I thought it could be that. And I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be a bit off on the mark, I thought when it's erasing, you know, like at the end of Series 12 where she blasts the Matrix with her brain or whatever it was and it brought back and it <laughs> sort of went through every, re, yeah. Yeah, every incarnation. I don't want to see that and I kind of feel like that that's how she goes back to tenant because he's trying to erase her then there's a massive glitch and that's where the light energy comes from and he's in that matrix and they go back to familiar faces because Moffat made that now canon that you can go back and there's a little glitch in regeneration because no one quite knows where she is at this point and then that's when we get tenant I, I know that loads of people have said it's going to be an open-ended regeneration I kind of want to see that because I've always liked that in classic who when it has been the case like uh, Troughton, mm. for example. Yeah. But I, I, I just think they need something more, even though they've packed it full of stuff at the end for us to go, oh my God, we need to see the next episode because that's desperately what Doctor Who needs. See, I think I think Ruth is a massive part of the regeneration because okay. you've got two doctors by the looks of it running around in this episode. You've got, and she, we still do not know her official placement. They've exactly. teased it, but they've not told us this is where she, even just a rough sort of placement, we've had nothing. So I think Ruth being present or maybe having two doctors at a point when one's regenerating. And I honestly think we're going to get a faulty regeneration with Jodie. Yeah. We're going to get a regeneration that goes wrong in some uh, fashion, I, whether that's the master, I, whether that's roof or something else. I hope I hope that what what the master is trying to do is trying to erase the doctor from all of time and and he makes a mistake and then everything gets erased from from the the, the council state doctor straight across to the Jody doctor. Everything gets re-erased, even he gets re-erased and then uh, everything's set backwards and then David Tennant turns up and he goes, what, what? 
and now he's a time lord again <laughs> everything's you set right him. back to the way it, the way it was i'm hoping that's gonna happen i would put yeah, money on david tennant no one knows where sasha dewan's master is either so that makes a really really good point because he's not after missy because we know what happened yeah. so you honestly um oh i feel like we could write this however <laughs> if your comes back right and completely pulls an absolute banger and does something along those lines i will be happy yes so would i and i'll be happy for him and fans and people like us that haven't been fully present with this era it would make everything so much better why not end with an on an absolute high to say goodbye because because i've got another theory because you know jody's wearing that suit and that he wear the same suit in waters was it waters of mars yes is it waters of mars i can't remember yes so maybe everything reverses back in time and it goes right back to that point. <laughs> I don't but know, but that would be fun. I, I have been <laughs> saying this, I've said this multiple, I have said this multiple times on this show <laughs> and Type 40 Live. There is yeah. no coincidence that for the bulk of this, yeah. we see lots of pictures of Jodie Whittaker in this familiar orange spacesuit that mm. we first saw David Tennant wear back in, I think it was in series two, we first saw him wearing it, but Matt Smith's doctor wore it, so did Capaldi's. This is something that's been passed that's been passed along through. There is no way. I am convinced that Jodie Whittaker's doctor will regenerate into David Tennant. What? Probably as, yes. and, and not as the 10th doctor either, as the, four, as no, the 14th yeah. doctor. I, I don't know how, I don't know why. I think it's, I think that, and all of this is obviously the creative instincts of Russell T. Davies is a very, very visual, very, very brash and very bold creative who knows how to give the British public what they want or certainly always did. I think he knows that that will get people on the edge of their seats. There is no way, no way that any creative with any credibility at all would would hope to preserve the dignity of their hero to have him regenerate into that costume, that ridiculous costume yeah. that Jodie Whittaker has run around in for the last four years. He Can would look, <laughs> he would look ridiculous. It would be, it'd be fun it'd though. Be very, it, it would be, be very, it would be very memetic. The memes would go on forever but it yeah. would totally undermine the drama of, of the situation before and everything that would come after because that's all people would talk about the doctor mm. will regenerate it wearing that orange spacesuit into the david tennant doctor because of all those associations with the character and yeah and i think his first line will probably be what what i think yeah. it will be that iconic yeah. statement that he said several times back in the past because the people like your parents Shaw, who haven't watched this for years or loved it back then, they go, oh, I remember that. I remember that guy. And it'll give oh. them that that hit of nostalgia and it will it'll herald the dawn of an anniversary year. I love the idea that we don't actually know this. This is all theory. Also, my instincts, my instincts as, as a fan of the show for several decades. But part of me really likes and part of me really likes the fact that we this is the first time that even though we we've got a short list of people it couldn't be the bloke mm. who works at greg's or somebody some extra out of hollyoaks or whatever it couldn't literally be anybody but the fact that we don't actually know who will be the doctor at the end of this episode that has never happened before that's quite exciting we've got russell t davis to thank for that also i was going to say that they might do this which I'd probably do anyway if I was directing it, is that if he, she did go from Jodie, the Jodie Doctor, to David Tennant's Doctor, 
I would have her head completely, you know, like you can't see the, the visor. Yes. So it should change and then yeah, he'll turn the around. Comes and, off, yeah. yeah, and then he comes off, you know, and he'll go, What? <laughs> so it'd be like that, wouldn't it? Yeah. So. And, and, and Ian, <laughs> Ian have, have, have a bit of Murray Gold music playing. Absolutely. When that gets, Absolutely. Have a little yeah. bit of um, Time Lord Victorious or something yeah. like that playing in the background. Literally saying not, he's John, back. The only reason why is because I don't want him to be David, like the 10th Doctor, if you know what I mean. So yes. I'll, I'll, that's the only reason I wouldn't want that, but I totally get where you're coming from. Oh, but just, you know, just, just um, enough that you recognise it, just enough. Oh, but you know, um, Matt, so Matt did not Matt visit the set. Did Matt visit? It could have been. It could be no. Matt. <laughs> Matt visited the set as well. <laughs> they're going to glo- go. They're going to go for for close association of, of every Russell sense. T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of our senses, and I mm. think they will. We will hear strings of, of old music in this. We know very little of the cast and crew of the show. All we know mm. is that Jamie Magnus Stone has directed this final episode of the Ch- of the Chibnall era. We know that Sagan Akinola, it's his last shot as well as a composer. We don't know who's coming directly after or for how long. Mm. Rumour, strong rumour. I've I've been told by by a a rumour, by a contact that I trust that Murray Gold is back for at least the 60th anniversary. But Mm. with all of those cues, Ian, you know, to, to evoke a time past and to get us there to a point of, of making us remember why we love this show. It'll banish all this nonsense that Chibnall's been been yeah. dribbling across the screen yeah. for the last few years. Remind us why we love this show in the first place, what Doctor Who is all about, what a real Doctor looks like, how they behave, how they sound, and catapult us into the 60th anniversary year. What do you think about all this, Charlotte? I, I, I think Doctor Who needs to be talked about again. Doctor Who needs yeah. to be public consciousness again. And you know how you do that? You put David Tennant at the end of this special. Absolutely. Because, let's be fair, let's imagine that night, if this is what's going to happen, do you think Twitter's not going to explode? Do you not it's think gonna, YouTube it, is it, going yeah. to go <laughs> ballistic with that, people? Whatever, yeah. Just that clip, and that's my point. I think it's Type 90 minutes. going to explode. Yes. It's going to go... <laughs> we, we've got 90 minutes to sit through. And I think what's going to happen, and I can't help but. And I'm, going to I'm be getting fair. excited now. No, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to get a bit of little, my own little joy if we have 90 minutes of this and all people talk about is the last minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because what's going to happen. Because that's what all people say? are going to talk about. Yeah. Go on. Can I just say two things? One, mm. well, one's a question actually. Has Shooty actually been described as the 14th Doctor? No, not once. No. Excellent. Second thing, I love that we have all just got so excited. That is what I've been wanting for like four or five years now is to just get this level of excitement for what you said, Charlotte, could be one minute. And it just makes it all worth it. The icing on the cake is going to... The icing on the cake. Hmm? Yes, I'm saying the icing on the cake will be that um, somehow, somewhere, everything's been erased from the from what's happened with the Chibnall era, from from the timeless child to everything, that the master does that and it reverts back to what we know as the Doctor. That'd be nice. But I don't think the BBC is going to do that though. For some reason, yeah. I don't think. But just having David Tennant back is 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 just exciting me, even now basically. So that, yeah. that would well, be awesome. The rumor is. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. The Bad Wolf were were back at the location 
of mm. of the Bad Wolf base scenes from series Ooh. series two of Doctor Who, series four of Doctor Who. They were back there filming something we don't know who with. David Tennant was in the area that week though because he did bump into somebody in Cardiff Bay and swore them to secrecy. And like a lot of people, they went straight to Twitter to boast about it. So <laughs> it seems that there could have been something recorded there at Bad Wolf Bay months before everything else. That's just that's mm. just a maybe they were there doing something. So if they wanted to, again, evoke that time where Doctor Who was the biggest show on TV and David Tennant was the most most recognisable actor in the country, that'd be a pretty bloody good way to go about it. I don't yeah, want to Dan, spoil things because think... we've got a bit of a buzz going at the moment. Go on. Sorry, Dan, do you think that it's not the David Tennant Doctor that we know and it's the other one that's on the other... Um, no. The other you think it's, it's the real Doctor? You think it's, it's the other one? It's the 14th Doctor. David Tennant right, will gotcha. play the 14th. Okay. David Tennant right. will play the 14th Doctor. That's my prediction for this. Okay. So I, 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 I think it's going to be a bit... Right. I think it's going to be a bit like the War Doctor and he's not going to be called the 14th Doctor. Is oh, my little you know what they're doing? I think, the num- I think the it's going to be like the character. War Doctor situation. He's going to have this own his own name and he's going to be like a stopgap between Jodie and Shooter. Or the, or like I, the Watcher, or like the Watcher character yes. in, in the Tom Baker era. I, 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 don't, I, I think that would be viable too. But honestly, remember, I think they'll keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, I, I think that they're doing what, what Shah said about the Day of the Doctor. Moffat introduced it, that the Doctor could potentially regenerate back into faces he's had before. I think he'll keep it that clean and that simple. David Tennant will play the, will be the fourteenth Doctor. David Tennant will also have played the tenth Doctor. Do you, do you think? Do you think they can? They will. Um, if that's the case, then do you think they will carry on from that point in the different universe with the adventures going straight from the different universe? Because do you remember? Um, no, I don't think it'll be anything connected to that no? alternative universe oh, okay. whatsoever. Right. No, I. I hope I, it's I not think... as well. Because so you seem to have a bit of a brainwave. And the only reason I say that is because I go back to Super, um, Spider-Man comics, sorry, where there was two Peter Parkers and the one yeah, that came and loved died. I don't know if you read this. You yeah, must have. Yeah, yeah. I did. And then yeah, they said, oh, it's okay because yeah. it's the other Peter Parker. And yeah. I just feel like that is a really cheap way yeah, of getting yeah. out of something. Yes, I read I read that as well. Yeah, the clone saga. With, with Flux. Sorry, Dan, I'm totally, going, I'm totally taking this over. I feel really bad. Um, but with, um, with Flux, they said, we're going to go into the other universe. I'm so glad they didn't do that. However, or, or it could be that the Jodie Doctor is in that universe with the other Doctor, and and at the end, and they explain it. Ian, and, I, and I think it it's possible. To, yeah, I think it's possible yeah. that it will be stated that we've been watching a Doctor from a from yes from that's a multiverse yeah. since series yes. since series eleven. Yes. I think that's possible. They yeah. could effectively annex this entire terrible I era. I hope so. So that yeah. the very few people who've enjoyed we it... said it first! <laughs> the very few people who've enjoyed it and who hold yeah. it dear, so it's there for them and it can't yeah. be fractured or damaged yes. in any way. Yes. But but they, they need to reconnect this show back yeah. to what works. Not just to get back old Warhorse fans, but simply to go back to what was working, what had worked for over 50 years, mm. and, and just simply admit that they got it seriously fucking wrong. You might you might be onto something because didn't Chibnall say that Joe Martin specifically didn't mention Jodie at all, but Joe Martin was not an alternate doctor. Yes, he did state that. We did say that, yeah. Mm. um, But you haven't said that, haven't said that creatively, this was, uh, Chibnall, I've no doubt he had his ideas about where he wanted this to go. Chibnall intended on doing five seasons. I maintain Chris Chibnall, 
Chris Chibnall, it wasn't even just the five years. He intended on making five seasons. Chris mm. Chibnall allegedly was removed from that position. I've got it on several, several it sources was. that I trust that Chris Chibnall was removed from the position of showrunner. And I will state that over and over again. And I'm convinced that eventually somebody somewhere will own up to all of that. And, and I'm sure that although he would have had a creative idea about where he would have wanted it to go, that that the the final creative point would have been completely taken out of his hands and and mm. russell t davis and bad wolf say see what you can make of this pile of crap in exactly the same way that that the makers of the trial of a time lost season had to try and, and make that all fit after the sad passing of, of robert mm. yeah. holmes it's, it's yeah. very similar to that but because of that whole five series plan this is why i honestly think the whole centenary idea is a consolation prize that the bbc gave tribunal Yes. Because I think at one point he point. was going to write the 60th. And that's another reason why I think we've got Ace, we've got Tegan, we've got more than one Doctor we can guess with Ruth. We're rumoured to have classic Doctors come back. So I think all of this is his sort of, here's my cut price version of a 60th. Oh, but there's just so much going on, Charlotte. Like, I just, yes. I don't want to, and I want to see Doctors, of course I do, but I just don't think any more can fit in this. I think it's too much already. Mm. That's what so I think, though, he's doing. I think he's just panicked and put everything he wanted to because he thought at one point he was going to get the 60th. Right. And I suppose, Charlotte, if it, if it moves so quickly and there's so much going on, People will be that wowed in theory because he does think that we're just like a load of squirrels. We'll be so wowed that we won't notice that none of it makes sense. None of it is remotely affecting in any way. Uh, and he can sort of be, be completely gone. He can leave the scene of the crime before before we notice that, what, that there's been one committed. We've got, there's rumours that, well, I think he's actually back. Uh, this poor bloke, Jacob oh. Anderson, oh. Plays, <laughs> plays Vinda. Does anybody care about Vinda? He's, does anybody care about Vinda? He's back in this in this special. Uh, this guy, he, fantastic actor. He's brilliant in Game of Thrones. Uh, he, I understand he's now in the interview with the Vampire TV show. And I do like this guy. He seems to he speaks very well. And I think he's very talented. It's a stupid character that does basically nothing. Apparently, he's, he's in it. Yeah, he's he is really nice guy, and I feel for him stuck and in this fellow. role. What do you think this is going to come to anything, Shah? Is it is it worth them bringing him on again? No, absolutely Parker. not. I mean, the, the only thing that, uh, and I've speculated this with a couple of people as well, is that their unborn child is turns out to be the Doctor, and it better not be. So I hope that that's not something that happens. Really happy to see Carvanista there. I love it. I've got such a soft spot for that big dog. I really, really do. It's, 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 it's Han Solo and Chewbacca. That's what it is. I mean, Chibnall's even ripping off Star him, Wars. I just like him. Another character, <laughs> another character we are almost Dog certain lover. to see. Another character, another character we're almost certain to see is is Dan's uh, on off. Not even his girlfriend is it? This woman that he was dating for a little while. She's in flux early on, isn't she, Charlotte? And then inexplicably, she gets sort of whisked away to an alien world. She blames Dan for it and dumps him. Then the last special, she calls him up and says, "Oh, I'm sorry for." It's all it's all painfully it's all painfully written, isn't it? But it seems she's in this last special. Is, is Dan going to go off into the sunset with with uh, whatever her name is? I couldn't. God, don't remember. Diane, I think. Diane, not nice actress, but realistically, I don't give a toss. So, well, <laughs> I, all I'll say is that that sounds like a Chibnall way to make a companion go. Not like exciting at all. Not like an event. Just be like, okay, I'm going with I'm going with my girlfriend now. 
because um, Ryan and Graham just basically walked off and said, we're done, and went. That's how they exited. He's back, so. though, isn't he? Graham's back. Oh, yes, he's another one on the list. Yes, Graham, um, I, Graham is definitely is, I kind of like that. I, I don't mind when companions leave, because... I think sometimes you have to remember that do- the doctor isn't some sort of god. Yeah, it takes you to a wonderful place or whatever, but you do have your life back home still. I mean, yeah, every single one of us would say to Tars to everyone on the planet, but wouldn't they, to go and have a ride in that TARDIS? But I think I think sometimes it's nice. You just have to do it in the right way. And the- unfortunately, I love John Bishop. I really do. I didn't Tegan leave leave in, oh, on bad terms with the doctor? She left at bad terms with the doctor, didn't she, Dan? Who did? I wouldn't Tegan. say. Well, I wouldn't. Oh, I, don't know. I wouldn't did. say. I wouldn't well, say was, that. It wasn't with the doctor. She was. It was the violence, wasn't it? She says it's yeah, not funny. Yeah, yeah. But she, yeah, she, but she. Yeah, bad terms is kind of bad terms, wasn't it? She just went off, didn't she? It was melancholy. I wouldn't call that necessarily bad terms. There was no mm. antagonism. The way she looked at the doctor was mm. was very much uh, with with affection and with sadness that she had to go. But yeah, she mm. had to had to go. Uh, Tegan was a uh, very and now she's character. here. Now she's we're here with a gun shooting. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Doesn't like violence, but there she's yeah. with a gun. <laughs> yeah, Tegan was a very important character to me growing up. I had a major crush crush on Janet Fielding for a start. But I've, I've also really liked the character. I like the fact you that did. she was brat. I like the fact that she was brash and mouthy and had that dynamic with the Doctor. And earlier on, I did, you know, I wondered why her, why they're bringing her back. And I simply think that Chris Chibnall thinks he can write a character like that. I think she's going to be a cartoon version of Tegan. I think Mm. she'll be very gobby. I think she'll be very unreasonable and aggressive and be a bastardization of the character that I loved when I was a kid. Because I think there was a lot more nuance to Tegan than than that. And I think there's more to... Well, I know that Janet hasn't acted for a very long time. On, on television and I, but I do think that there was more to Janet as an actress than that and there probably is now and I really do fear for her for what Chibnall has put put in her hands in that script and that's the thing I'm looking forward to seeing the least I can see that Sophie's having a lot of fun with the character of Ace Ace is a fun character Tegan is going to be slightly harder to get right and Chibnall can't even get his own characters right the chances I... of him hitting the right notes with Tegan are next to Nothing. I would love. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing um, um, Ace meet the Jody Doctor, and whether there'd be any kind of, you know, like like would she be going? You're the Doctor. You know, you're not my Doctor. And you know, like we'll I would like calling, to see that conversation. Calling, well, she'll be calling you know. her Professor, and that's that yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Be it would be. But what I'm saying, I would on. like to see her reaction to oh come on ian no and it'd be like we've already, ha- we've, we've already yeah. had kate kiss up to this doctor we've already had her be like <laughs> All right, oh yeah. well yeah, fear not fear not guys it, because fear not because this is one for the hoovians and that's not my words those are the words of uh, of hoovian mm. <laughs> hoovian jody whittaker she says it's one for the hoovians it's a huge treat if you're a proper fan Oh, that's a dig. Hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) She doesn't... I thought proper fans, we weren't supposed to be. They didn't want us anymore. If you're a proper fan, it's a huge treat. It's got all the iconic things that you associate with Doctor Who. Well, problem is it's got you. (laughs) (laughs) So no, and it's massive. So it's massive according to Jodie Whittaker, which means with the best will in the world, as as, I take this with a pinch of salt, just hyperbole, more nonsense, from easily the worst Doctor Who 
in the history of the show. Do you think, um, Dan, do you think that Chibnall and the, the gang shot all this stuff and then they brought in Russell T and Russell T said, um, okay, well, it doesn't work, but if we do this, this, and this, and if we shoot extra bits here and there, we can make it, we can make it be this, 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 and this leading up to our one. Do you reckon he shot a little bit extra? Do you reckon th- they came I think it's possible they've shot, well, they would have shot the yeah. end scene. They would have mm-hmm. shot end scenes anyway, because that's always yeah, yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more likely that he's taken away more than mm-hmm. he's, than right. he's filmed. Yeah. If you get yeah. my meaning, I think he's yeah. probably think salvaged so, things. Yeah extended effect sequences i think there will be flashbacks in this because there has to be because mm. without them you know there's too many past characters and, and past plot strands for them not to be yeah. and if you don't include flashbacks the, the mainstream audience is going to be lost enough as it is so there's going to be flashbacks in this as well i think russell and bad wolf will have been ta- tasked to making this thing watchable making yeah. it giving it some sort of shape and whether and that could be that could have been filming extra material. It could have ju- been just a really uh, a ground up re-edited thing. We'll probably never know. I, bear in mind that I know Chris Eccleston has spoken a lot in the last couple of years about what went on on the show all those years ago. Russell still doesn't talk about his relationship with Chris Eccleston. He still keeps his counsel, doesn't say a word. Even you know, it keeps his dignity, and he's very very loyal. And I, I think, I mean, I have it on I have it on good authority that Russell T Davies. I have it on really good authority that Russell T. Davies hates what Chris Chibnall's done to the show. I can't tell you how I know that. Well, I mean, but it's I, obvious, I isn't it? That. It's obvious because you look at the, 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 the tweets and that the Moff and, and RT's putting out. It's obvious that they're being cryptic. If they were really fans of this show, they wouldn't be cryptic at all. They'd be saying exactly what's on their mind. It's like yeah. they can't say what's on their mind. That's why they're but putting out these tweets. Put this much effort. Do you, know what, do, you know what, do you know what I'm trying to say? That you wouldn't put. Mm. They're putting so much groundwork in for a show that obviously we don't know that much about yet. Oh, sorry, a series we don't know that much about yet. And mm. I just don't think you'd do that if it wasn't as dire as it was. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's the fact that in the in her final sort of series, because Moffat, like we said, did a lot of promotion almost for Flux. And Russell, since he's been announced, he's been very complimentary. He's bigged Jodie up a lot. The fact that you've got two ex-showrunners having to tell the audience this era's good, I think that 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 Not speaks so volumes. Words. That speaks absolute volumes of the state mm. that the show is probably in behind the scenes that we'll never see, and conversations we'll probably never know about that have happened mm. between ex-showrunners and ex-Doctor Who staff members, because at the end of the day, this is their legacy. This is to show that for a lot of them, made them a big name. So mm. if they're seeing it get damaged, of course they're going to want to come back and help it and to mm. sort of give it a new life and bring it back. Their audience, yeah, yeah. That they're losing. Yeah, you're right. Well, they lose a lot of money on the um on the what do you call it the the, the what is it the 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 uh, what is it the, the you know when they have those bigger con- convention front so if if this fails if doctor who dies then yeah people will be with uh, without money in the convention front wouldn't they so so this yeah kind oh, of doctor who's really this is kind of doctor who's last chance which i say tentatively because it's never i don't suppose it's ever truly a last chance for any intellectual property now but in mm-hmm. in the in the sense of now Without having going without it going away for a really long time, 
this is Doctor Who's last chance in the in the age of television as we know it. If they get this wrong, then then it will it will vanish within two or three years. Uh, I've got I've still got a lot of faith in Russell T Davies and Russell T Davies and Bad Wolf. Come to think of it, and obviously that's a story that we, we'll have to talk about another time. But yeah, we'll uh, we've got a, a couple more things to get into. But before we wrap the show up, I'm going to shoot us off into into the multiverse, <laughs> full of of great cult conversations concerning all those other fabulous franchises in genre entertainment. It's all happening over at the Fandom Podcast Network. And here's our mate Kevin with a few words about all of that. Then you can meet Char, Charlotte, Ian and myself back here in a couple of minutes for more of our, of our thoughts about what's to come about the power of the Doctor. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show. Our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU Podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. Yes, uh, we've teased and we've tantalised you there and we can even clothe you too. There's merch to match all of those shows, including Type 40. If you head over to tpublic.com, search for the Fandom Podcast Network and there you'll find a store full of all the team colours for all of the podcasts on everything from T-shirts to phone cases, if, if you still use a phone case, <laughs> and those enormous tapestries that you can drape across your room. Treat yourself treat your other selves and it all goes to support the fandom podcast network into the bargain so everybody wins yeah we're back here speculating about what's to come in that very last chris chibnall showrun jodie whittaker starring doctor who special the power of the doctor there's so many rumors about what's what could be in it who could be in it doctors and companions it's even breaking into the mainstream press the story they're running a story about bonnie langford returning as mel which you know people ask me about that is it possible 
I think anything's possible with something this locked tight. And I agree with you, Shah. I don't really think it matters. I'm not excited because I think it's going to be awful. And, <laughs> and frankly, I think the less, in all seriousness, though, the less that's in this, kind of the better if it's yeah. to hold any sort of shape. But I know that as Doctor Who fans, we are kind of obsessed with the past and seeing old faces again. It's, it's always, it, mostly, it's always lovely. But there is one thing we're obsessed with more, I think, Charlotte, and that is, that's, I'm afraid, that's the ratings, Chris. Yes, the ratings. What are they going to be like for this special? Because this is a special. It's a feature-length special. It's a huge deal, or should be. And, of course, it does, it, it is... The, the change of the guard. An old doctor is leaving, and that usually means that we get a boost of interest, doesn't it, Charlotte? An injection of ratings. The simple question is, though, do you think it's going to work this time? Because most people think she's already gone. I, I No, I think because it's actually, people now know this is the regeneration episode. I think that's purely going to put figures on. I don't think it's going to be as much as previous eras when we've had this sort of episode air. Because I think just enough, so many fans have just been disappointed that they're just going to skip this and watch the 60th when it comes around. So there will be an uptake, but I don't think it's going to be like four million up or anything like that. I don't think it's like one. that. Yeah. This is how bad it got. UK overnight figures for Legend of the Sea Devils were 2.2 million. And the actual figure of people who watched it live on the night is rumoured to be as low as 1.6 million. Whichever way you look at these figures, they are the worst ever in the entire 50-plus year history, 59-year history of Doctor Who. And US figures are down to a measly 209,000 viewers for a, for a new show there after a, a high in the in the Peter Capaldi era you know it was considerably more it was like six or seven times more than that this is absolutely awful and Chris Chibnall has every right to uh, well yeah he's not said much about any of it as he's kept very very tight-lipped but the entire lay of the land with the ratings he's just gone from bad to worse to even worse to the point where you know we know again our sources tell us in no uncertain terms the bbc have been pulling their hair out over this they can't figure out where it's gone wrong but we've got so it's 2.2 million was the overnight charlotte there for this one we're going to do a bit of <laughs> we're going to play a bit of the old play your cards right here so is it going to go higher or lower what do you think what do you think brucey would have to say about this on, on play your cards right there higher or lower than 2.2 million Higher. Yeah. Like said, not a major one. Not a major one. No, no, I, I don't think so. Ian, what do you think? Do you think more people will turn out to watch this? I reckon so. I reckon it's going to be like just hitting four million, I reckon, um, four. with this one. Because I think I think that it news is out now. You know, even even my normie sister knows that the Doctor's going to be changing soon. Oh, okay. So, so, you know, I reckon it's going to, going to hit. If they're lucky, they'll get four million, I reckon. So that's a big one. chunk to, to double the mm. audience of the of the last yeah. show. That's, that's yeah. a big chunk because even though, obviously, viewing figures they do go up as easily as they go down, but to mm. an increase like that, it seems exponentially. It seems very very optimistic. I. What do you think, Shaw? Yeah, low? I think it will go up too. I think, I think it will go up even more then double purely because people want to see who's going to be at the end in the last shot 
Mm. So I think it will go up to maybe 4.5, a big stretch. Um, but oh, I do wow. think it will go up. Everyone's going to want to see what happens with this regeneration because it's going to be like no other regeneration we've had before. Mm. That's that is true. I yeah I I'm not going to be churlish about this. I think I think they should. I think it will go up. But I don't really see it going any further than three million. I think that there are too many people out there that have completely tuned out and aren't invested in the character at all. And I think that the nature of modern television means that people don't want to don't want to subject themselves to a single minute of that woman in that character. <laughs> she has she has completely destroyed the show and the appeal of the character. They just want to sit it out until she's gone. And I think they know that they can probably largely they'll, they'll see it. The regeneration will probably be on the news, for example, or it'll certainly be clipped and it will be on YouTube or whatever it'll else. It'll be on I think BBC. Gonna... Oh, I think the YouTube clip will probably be, be yeah, on millions. Yeah. Oh, millions. Yeah, millions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely the regeneration. More, more than the actual show itself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> you know, to see that. <laughs> you know, just, the, think... just that clip. Yeah. <laughs> I think in this day and age, Ian, I, that yeah. sounds like a facetious comment, but I'd say you're probably right. Yeah, it probably will. Yeah, it probably will. And also the BBC will be splashing it all over the news. J Jodie, oh, yeah. the first woman doctor, has changed from this to, to this or whatever. And they'll, they'll be, it'll be on BBC, BBC News. It'll definitely be on BBC News. But um, it's going to be interesting. You know, as I said, I've been... I've been... I'm not forced, but... Yeah, basically forced to watch this last one. So, um, so <laughs> <laughs> no, I watch it with interest. Yeah. I've got someone. I've got someone at the BBC. You know, she she wants to know my view. Won't be straight after because I'll be on Type Forty talking about it straight after. But um, she wants to know my view as soon as possible. And I'll tell her. I'll tell her if it's <laughs> bad or good. <laughs> yeah. So that is that's the power of the Doctor. It premieres on BBC One and BBC America, and on the iPlayer on Sunday, the twenty third of October, twenty twenty two. Exact time yet to be confirmed. So that's when that's coming. Full 90 minutes worth of Jodie Whittaker, but at least it's the final one. If you are a completist, you could be pleased to know that it's due to be released on home media. So there's a, a DVD release and a Blu-ray release, as well as a Steelbook individual release with a box set to come later on too with uh, everything connected. So that's the uh, the Legend of the Sea Devils and even the Daleks. They've grouped them together as the, as the specials, the Series 13 specials. Mm. So yeah, if you don't mind something extra to dust, then that's coming your way. I think it's on November the 7th that that's coming out there too. I think, yeah, I draw the line. I draw the line there. <laughs> draw the to. line right there. Yeah. I, it, it's funny how Jody Jody's hair hasn't grown. You know, with um, Peter Bacoldi, he had short hair and then as the show went on, his hair kind of got a bit longer and stuff. He looked better with longer hair in my opinion. But Jody's hair hasn't grown at all, hair. has it? It's always no. been that length throughout the whole and she's of she's never run. really changed her clothes either. Apart either, and I think she's the changed the t-shirt yeah, now the and again. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah. How boring. Yeah. Well, well, well. It just goes to prove she's in the <laughs> other universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's in the other universe. That's what it proves. <laughs> I mean, again, not to go on too much of a, a tangent. I thought that the the times where she looked more interesting was when she was in Legend of the Sea Devils wearing that sort of tunic. 
and oh, in the the villa of Dia, of uh, the haunting of Villa Diodoti. Was that what it was called back in series yeah, twelve, Charlotte? Villa Darty. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let us know what you think of all of that. How excited are you for this special or not? So we're all waiting a little to see what the ratings are going to do, but also to see how it's going to be, how it's going to be received, you know, because there's going to be a lot of content in there, a lot of faces, a lot of law, whether it's the new law, the old law, or both, and whether we'll come out of it smiling and, and running headfirst into the 60th anniversary. Or, or dreading, <laughs> can't believe what they've done, Some another rug pull and sort of having wished that they'd just put the thing to bed. I have faith in this. I certainly have faith in Russell T Davies and even more so in Bad Wolf. I think it's going to be at the very least compelling. It will get people talking for the right reasons and could well put Doctor Who right back where it should be with the British public and as the, the jewel of the crown of the BBC. Not that they deserve it that is the old girl that i can hear starting up and calling time on this edition of type 40 i'll be back with another one soon enough look out for that wherever you found this it could have been on the dedicated home feed for type 40 type 40.podbean.com that's where you can find not just every episode of type 40 a doctor who podcast but audio editions of our live streamed magazine show type 40 live that we put out on youtube that's completely raw anything can happen sort of so you can hear the <laughs> audio tracks of that there at type40.podbean.com too you can also catch us on all the major podcatchers we're absolutely everywhere so i'm talking apple podcasts spotify podbean podbay all those places i lose track of them that we're on so many of them you can you can get us in your ears get in touch with us through our social media that's on instagram and twitter at type 40 doctor who come and reach out to us there leave us your comments leave us your thoughts leave us your hopes and fears for this final special or indeed your your reviews we're still over on the fandom podcast network's fantastic master feed of course we are with all those other shows dropping on the daily never mind the weekly they really spoil you over there at the fandom podcast network so please consider a trip sideways in time into that multiverse you can get in touch with us via email type 40 doctor who at gmail.com or if you're feeling really brave <laughs> yeah jump in head first with the type 40 facebook group there's regenerations upon regenerations worth of doctor who fans there talking about classic doctor who celebrating new doctor who and looking forward to what's to come in all new Doctor Who from the anniversary year, stretching forward over at Bad Wolf Studios there, led by Shooty Gatwa. Who knows where that's going to go? Lots of speculation pretty much on the daily there in the Type 40 Facebook group. Shah, you're new to the show, so people out there who won't know where to find you, they might want to hear and see more of you. So have you got social medias? Do you Insta? Do you tweet? Do you do any of those things? Where can people hear and see more of you? I do it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I am on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, yeah, Geek Rumbles, you'll find me on those three platforms. That's me. Irresistible. And how about you, Charlotte? Oh. Where can people hear and see more of you? So you can see and hear me on Type 40 podcasts like this one with everybody and on Type 40 Live when I try and get a word in Edgeways from JT. 
<laughs> how are you getting on after 70 odd shows i'm trying i'm trying still I'm trying. we're getting there and ian of course the mm. mega geek you're over on twitter aren't you but you, i mentioned earlier on you've got a film on netflix at the moment and other streaming services internationally what's the name of the film where can yeah. people find it what, what's the general pitch tempt them in uh, it's, it's called bad day it's a it's a, it's a cop movie basically it's kind of like homage to all those cop movies of the 80s and the 70s basically it stars claire goose donna air and uh, the rebecca gold channel which is my channel on youtube which is my web series award-winning web series awesome stuff contact with me yeah exactly yeah yeah and you can get in touch with me through instagram and twitter i'm there as the space book where i'm wheezing and groaning and ranting and raving about all things Always. geeky inside and outside <laughs> of the tardis in movies tv comic books and whatever else catches my uh, my eye my imagination or both and i even talk about the real world and family stuff and all that kind of thing wholesome stuff now and again, I I do have a, a real life. As strange as it may seem to believe, you can connect. I with don't me believe and it. Find out what, some more about. He's lying. Over, <laughs> over on Twitter and Instagram. My Instagram needs sorting out. Having having said that, uh, yes, sir, we're all hyped. Hyped with a small H. Yeah, even if we're, you're just hyped for the last scene, we're yes, hyped. Yes, for the power right. of the Doctor. That's it for now. We always have the time if you have now. the space here at Type Forty, but. Yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. On the other side of it all, take care, speak soon. Bye-bye.